Right. It's uh, yeah. There was something with my connection that was screwy when I first tried to call you, but now it seems to be working. It's the only thing that is speaking. I can hear your dulcet tones coming in fine. (laughs) What's happening, my friend? Much same old shit. How about you? Yeah, pretty much. I just, you know, if you've been listening when Scott and I have had our uh, episodes. Uh, you know that I'm a comics buying fool of late. I heard you. Uh, I'm out of we'll, control. I am out of control. There's no question. <clears throat> I guess we should bring it in though, and and have this discussion. And now it's time to sit back and enjoy the two true freaks internet radio broadcast. Stop it. Genesis. What's in the box? Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spitaro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back. To the bins. I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got nothing else. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Back to the Bins. I'm Paul Spitaro, and I'm here with Mr. David Pascarella, and we are doing a once or well, we are once again doing an impromptu episode because we had all grandiose plans for tonight, which then kind of went by the wayside and we had a substitute plans for them. And then that went by the wayside because of different things that were going on. So then it was just me and Dave and neither one of us had a book. And it was either say the heck with this or get on and just shoot the shit a little bit. So that's what we've got. Yet another shoot the shit kind of episode. I hope those of you who enjoy these are going to enjoy this one, I hope. And a groan goes up from the audience. You know, I I suspect that there's a good-sized portion of the audience, because at least the ones who comment usually say that they enjoy these episodes. And uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a silent portion of the of the audience who says, oh, no, not another one of these. If you're not going to talk about a comic, I'm not listening. Oops. Well, we certainly, will, we certainly will touch on comics. Oh, we're going to talk about comics. We're just not... We're not reviewing any specific comics. This week we'll talk about the Mets and the Yankees. So uh, as we started to discuss, and we could talk about the Mets and Yankees, but then there's a good chance Dave and I are coming to blows by the time it's over. (laughs) The wives will have to come and separate us. Uh, You know, one of my friends, and I'm going to talk about that for just a minute. Uh, One Actually... One of the guys in my office, I, I don't even know if I'd call him a friend, but an acquaintance in my office uh, said said uh, something to the effect of, uh, if you took the Mets and the Yankees combined, they have a payroll of about 700 and something million dollars. And if you just took, you know, cherry pick the players that you want off of each team, you probably still don't have a World Series winner. Probably not. Which is kind of sad when you think about it. Yeah. But uh, uh, 
the last decade, we, we're used to that. So. In the last several decades, I'm used to that. Well, I didn't want to make you feel bad. Yeah, no, I, I already feel bad. You can't, you can't do that. But well, let's talk comics because yeah, I enjoy so that before more. Before Scott cuts us off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Scott's going to be the one turning off the episode. Oh, jeez. <laughs> They're talking that that ball thing again. So, uh, I've been I've bought a little bit more off of eBay because I've been I've you know I've loosened up my willingness to try and get some of the older key issues instead of just going in the dollar bins all the time. And you know it's always been since the day I started collecting comics, which is about almost 50 years ago. What my goal would have been if I could have set the goal it was to have every issue of Spider-Man. Now I've cut that back a little bit to the point now it would I'd want to have every issue up to issue 300 because I've decided after 300 I'm just you know that's the arbitrary cutoff that I've set. I probably should have set it at 299 because 300 is the first appearance of Venom and it's ridiculous and I'm probably never going to find it for a price I'd pay. But anyway, hey, Venom didn't come out all that long ago, right? That was an 80s uh, character, wasn't it? Uh, well, issue 300, let me tell you exactly when issue 300, what the cover date is on 300, and that'll give us the uh, the feel for it. Hang on. That's one out of uh, Secret Wars, am I correct? Yes, it's it's a uh, cover cover uh, cover date of, of May of 1988. <laughs> so, so that's the arbitrary area I've decided to stop my Spider-Man run. So now, you know, I only need five issues that are in the higher numbers 265 289 294 299 and 300 everything else that's on my list which is 3 6 9 12 15 18 21 24 25 26 27 28 29 30 31 32 issues uh all issue 47 or lower to, to complete that 300 issue run. I have a nice solid run from issue 48 to issue 260, whatever. Uh, and, but now I've, I've kind of had given up on the issues below issue 48, just because they're cost prohibitive. What, what does an average issue below 48 go for? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> that's where, that's where I was going to with this. I see a lot of them going for just kind of these ridiculously, you know, several hundred dollars. And I'm wow. not spending several several hundred dollars, but I, I managed to find issue 35 not that long ago, uh, and I think I paid 35 dollars, maybe 40 for it. And like to me, that was a price I could handle. So then I just got now. It just came in the mail today. In fact, I just posted it on uh, on the back to the bins page. I got issue 30 for 30. 30 bucks. Uh, and, you know, these are not obviously not mint condition, but they're not horrible either. Uh, and I then I, I went on and they had an auction on issue 32 and it was uh, 30, 39.95 was the minimum bid. And I bid 39.95 <laughs> uh, and, and I got it for that. That's always so, sweet. Yeah, so so now I'm waiting for that one to come in the mail, but you know I'm I'm fi- I'm starting to find these issues at 
a price I'm willing to pay for them. I, it's still not cheap. I mean, if you add them all up, it's still, you know, going to be several hundred dollars if I, and, and certainly I'm not finding issues one through one through 10 at that kind of price range. Uh, in fact, I don't know how many more of these I'm going to find in that price range. Uh, but I'm just trying to keep my eyes open for those bargains. And when I find them, I, I you know, a lot of times what I'm doing now is I, I am trying to snipe to some degree on Facebook, on uh, eBay rather. If I see it's got like two days left in the, in the auction and nobody's bid on it, I won't bid, but I'll just put it on the watch list so that it'll uh, notify me like an hour or two before the auction's over. And then I'll just bid on it. And either somebody comes along and outbids me or by the time it comes back to me, it's been bidded up and it's not what I'm willing to pay for it. Or I get lucky and I get it. Like I did this one issue. It's probably going to be one in 10 issues that I'm lucky enough to get it that way. But if I keep looking at it, you know, every one of them will satisfy me. I, I also got that issue I posted on uh, the Facebook page also of Iron Man and Submariner number one, which is, you know, a one shot issue. Uh, and I got that for like 30 bucks, which I keep seeing it for well over 100. I'm surprised so, you got that for so cheap. Yes, yeah, so that's a Marvel only, book I'm familiar with. Yeah, and it's 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 a uh, it's it's one that I don't see very often. You know, I don't see physical copies of it very often, and when I do see them, they're usually pretty expensive. Uh, and you know, when I was able to get it at a decent price, it was like okay, done. So, you know, there's many, many, many years went by where, where I was like looking in the dollar bins and I would just keep myself exclusively to that. But now that my dollar bin want list has diminished quite a bit, I've expanded some. And the problem is the more you expand, the more you want to expand. I'm, I'm at the point where I am not just wanting to buy anymore. You know, I'm yeah. very targeted. I, since last uh, we spoke, have completed uh, one of my collections here. Captain Storm? I finished off Captain Storm. I bought the last issue. It's en route to me as we speak. Cool. And uh, I'm rather pleased with that. I'm going to have to cross that off of my get this book for Dave list. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. Just stumbled across it. I, I have been keeping my eyes open for that one, and I honestly thought that since I've been going to the store more frequently, that I was going to find it before you. Uh, well, now that's a whole uh, 18 issues. Well, you know, last time I was talking to Scott about it, uh, I was saying I, I have a, a fondness for like these series that didn't, that didn't go very long and, and completing them. You know, there's, I mean, look, looking on my, my want list, there's several series like First Issue Special, I'm down to one issue I need. Adventures on the Planet of the Apes, there's four issues I need. Uh, the first volume of Black Panther, the one that Jack Kirby did, there's four issues that I need. Uh, I've been going after all the uh, the Atlas comics from the early 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Combat Kelly, which is not even all that good of a series, honestly, <laughs> but it was nine issues, and I saw I found them all in like the one dollar or fifty cent bins, except for two issues that I'm still looking for, issues four and five, which I should find in a one dollar or, or fifty cent bin. You know, series like that that are short run, uh, I, I get a, 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 you know, personally, I get a 
you know, a great sense of satisfaction out of just completing the run and knowing, okay, I have the full series. Right. Um, no, especially I, I, if it's I a series that, that intrigues me. See, the problem, other than this series, the ones that interest me, they're way too old and too many issues. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, like, again, if it's a limited run series, you might be able to to manage that. Uh, of of the longer run series, the one that I, I have the greatest chance of completing uh, in the not too distant future is uh, Captain America. You know that one, if you'll recall, started with issue 100. Uh, there had been tales of suspense before that, and right. my arbitrary starting stopping point on that, I believe, is 350. Might be 400. I'm not sure. But anyway, I only have 15 comics left on my want list, and I have 100, which is the hardest one to get. In fact, I have 100 through 112, uh, and I have 117, which is the first appearance of the Falcon, which would be the second hardest one to get. So I have the two hardest ones to get, and I only have 15 left on the want list, and none of them are truly key issues. Right. So I should be able to, to... Fill that one in without spending any significant money on any of them. You know, those issues, the early ones, like 113, 126, 127, if I pay between, you know, I, I, try, I try to find them in the like 5 to $10 range if I can. I might be willing to expand that slightly, but not not considerably. <laughs> but I expect that that's, an, that's a run I am going to actually complete. You know, and I completed my run of The Defenders, and I completed my run of Marvel 2 and 1, and I completed my run of uh, what's called Marvel Team Up. I completed my run of West Coast Avengers just recently. Uh, and, th- you know, those are all more significant, you know, decent number of uh, issues in every one of them. But, you know, The Invaders I completed. I'm trying to think of what other ones like that. Uh but again, I get a great deal of satisfaction. The one that's really vexing me, and I've mentioned it several times before, is the first volume of Captain Marvel, which isn't even particularly good until Jim Starlin got a hold of the character. Right. Uh, and, and the only issue I, I'm still looking for is issue 27, which is the first appearance of Star Fox, who I consider to be a very minor character. So I don't think there should be a premium on his first appearance. But so far, the only place I've seen it in recent times, it's going for fifty dollars, and I, I ain't paying that. Yeah, for myself, I think what I I would aim towards trying to complete is uh, the uh, Fighting Forces run from one twenty three to one eighty one. I only need mm-hmm. about fifteen issues of that. That I'm seems like it would be at, doable. Yeah, the, the, you know the thing is, I'm I'm assuming. They're not even that old. I mean, it ran from, that's a run from 70 to maybe, I think it's 78. But I don't think they were, they weren't coming out every month. I think it was by, you know, every other month. Right. And I don't think they printed a tremendous number of them. And more so, I don't think people saved them. So I think it's fairly, uh, it's hard to get them in decent shape, which is what I like. I'm not saying mint condition, but I'd like a cover on it. Yeah, oh yeah, I don't, I don't buy them without a cover. I have, uh, I have one of my early Spider-Mans. I believe it's 27. 
the logo from the cover is cut off, you know, the Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man logo. Uh, and that's the way it was when I acquired it. And I'm sure I acquired it on the cheap when I got it. And I have it probably for 30 years. So I probably paid like $2 for it, I'm guessing. Uh, and, it, you know, it, it bothers me a little that the cover's missing, but it's still, you know, or, or the cover's cut up. But it's still a pretty key issue, you know, as far as age goes. And, like, it's not on my want list to try and find a replacement for it. If if one fell in my lap that was really cheap or something, I'd pick it up. But, you know, that would have – that's the only way that would happen. See, uh, and, and as far as the Superman stuff, which is my thing, it's become cost prohibitive. You know, you can't, you can't afford it because I'm, I'm back, I'm back in the early 60s. Yeah, every uh, once in a while I come across that's, one that's, you know, reasonable. We, we were talking about that recently, and no, it was, it was it? I go back to 1961 for Superman, and Action is, I think it's like April or May of 61, and Action Comics isn't, doesn't go back as far. I think that's like maybe 67. 1967, I'm not talking. Issues I'm trying to look to see how, how far back I go on Superman. I thought I had picked up something that was early. Uh, 353 is my oldest action from uh, August 27. Yeah, I had picked up uh, at a reasonable price. I had picked up Superman, Superman number 154. Which is July of 1962. I think I found it for it was it was five dollars or less. Wow. Do you have that one? Uh, I think I do. Hold on. Let me just hang on. It's got Mr. Mixelplick in it. Hang on. Let me see. Second here. What the hell is that? Oh, here we go. I have. You know when you're trying to do something quick? Okay. Yes, I, I do. do not have 154. I oh, have you know 150. What? I have a gap. Being being such a good friend, I'm going to go on. Uh, I'm going to go on the air and tell you now. I'm going to give you my copy of 154. Uh, are you sure you want to do that? I, I for 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 you, my friend, I will do that. Well, I can't thank you enough. You're a gentleman and a scholar. That fills uh, another hole. Right, I'm going to take it off my in my collection list <laughs> and move it to the give it to Dave stack. See, which, all those which nasty currently numbers things. one book. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Most kind of you, my friend. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure because I know, you know, I am a Superman fan, but I've never been a Superman. You know, I've, I've collected Superman comics because I was reading them, but I've never collected them as a as a. Uh, you know, as as a wanting to fill every issue, just because from day one it was overwhelming. You know, going back to the 1930s. You know, back back in the day, Action Comics number one was like two thousand dollars. Who was going to be able to afford that? Yeah, right. If only we could go back in time. Well, even even a couple of years, because I'm seeing now. Uh, if if you remember, I used to have on my my Facebook photo was me holding a copy of uh, Amazing Fantasy number 15, the first Spider-Man issue. And it was yes. slabbed, and it, I believe it was like a 4.5, uh, 
uh, it may have even been a little bit lower than that, but it was going for like five thousand dollars. Now I, I'm seeing like a 2.0 going for like eighteen thousand dollars. That's crazy. So even even in in just a few years, the prices have gone like through the roof. See, and I would I I, I wouldn't want a 2.0. Do you know what I'm saying? Same I mess, wouldn't want it at that expense. Chunks, mess, yeah, maybe if it was free. I don't. I, I would even go beyond free. I'd pay something for it. But but if I'm going to break the bank and paying you know eighteen thousand dollars for a comic is breaking the bank. Uh, if I'm going to break the bank, I need something that's going to be you know better than that. Yeah. I, I don't know. But I'm I, I'm pretty certain I'm never going to own Amazing Fantasy fifteen. I'm pretty sure I'm never going to own Spider Man number one. But you know, a few years back. Uh, a very, very generous listener sent me very beat up copies, but sent me copies of Spider-Man number 11 and 12, which are the oldest ones in my collection. Uh, you know, and, and now in the last few months, and I posted a couple of pictures of this, I've taken to uh, buying the reusable, openable slabs. And, I've seen those, yes. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're not cheap, but for issues that are like key issues in my collection that I really feel strongly about wanting to preserve as, as well as possible. And I'm not willing to give, was it CGC or whatever the, the money to give their ratings. And I I've said many times, I don't trust their ratings and I don't like the idea that they slab it and it's impossible to open it up again, but I do like the idea of slabbing it and protecting it. So this is the best of both worlds. I'm not paying their fees to rate it. You know, it's it, it is what it is. Whatever it's rated, it's rated. Uh, and I'm protecting them like they're totally slabbed. But I can also, if I ever choose to, I can open them without damaging the book or the slab. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I I wouldn't want things slabbed in an unopenable sense. For all yeah. you know, you get you get back a, a slab with a high quality reproduction of the front and back, and nothing in the middle. <laughs> it's it is possible. Well, you know when I, when when I was building my Superman collection, what I what I did was I started you know with I was going to have everything from Man of Steel forward, and then I just right. kept backing it up. I went back. My next goal was to fill in from what was it, two thirty three, the Kryptonite Nevermore. I think it's it's two thirty three. You know which one I'm talking about, the one yeah. with him on the cover. And and, and then I went was, back to that. That was big for me because it was in Superman from the thirties to the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. Which somebody and gave I, you a copy of that as well, didn't they, my friend? Yeah, that would be you. I am Didn't like the best. You also gave me uh, <laughs> what did, the daily strips too. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Which then sent me down a rabbit hole of buying <laughs> all of those books. You know how much that went? But I'm, that was sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you know what? Whenever one of my good friends has, has knee replacements, I, I feel the need to send that stuff. <laughs> Uh, you also gave me a statue. I don't forget anything, which I have. I have to also mention, you know, I took a trip recently and met with Dr. Bill. Uh, 
And that's what I was going to ask you about next. And I have a lovely uh, Nick Fury statue now. Oh. As a, a is it the classic Nick Fury? or is it, it is the classic Nick Fury. The world and is it Sergeant Fury. Fury or Nick Fury? No, it's Nick Fury. But eye it's the eyepatch uh, Nick Fury. See, I think you would... I would think you'd prefer the Sergeant Fury if they had one. Well, well, the doc was like, you know, this is, you know, World War II related, so I thought of you. And the Sergeant yeah. Fury would be less distinctive. You know, the the, the eye patch Nick Fury is much easier to understand who, who it's supposed to be. Now, what kind of outfit does he have on? The blue outfit, you know, holding two guns. So it's it's the like the jump the shield jumpsuit. Yes. Yeah. Okay, and then that's even more because otherwise you could have had him with the white shirt and the shoulder holster. But I think you know that that would kind of be the Jack Kirby Nick Fury. This is more the Jim Steranko Nick Fury. This is the Nick Fury I remember. You know, from from when I was a kid. On the rare occasion, I I bought a Marvel book. In a moment of weakness. In a moment of weakness. <laughs> and I, I, I added to my collection on my own. I got the uh, that Mezco set that came out with the Fleischer Superman. It comes Ooh. with uh, the Superman figure, the Lois Lane, a Clark Kent wearing the fedora, with nice. the uh, the robot and a phone. It's it's a beautiful set. I just have to get a nice spot to put it out. All right, yeah, well, it's the Superman room is is not the most expansive of places. No, so you gotta you gotta find a place. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how you do this. <laughs> it's been successful for me. You wait until your wife goes out, and then you just set it up when she's gone. And when she comes home, it's entrenched. Yeah, you, you know what? That could be a chapter. I, I've told you about the book I <laughs> want to write. It's entitled. It's an advice book. Uh, you know, married men, it's entitled. So you want to get a divorce? <laughs> that would fit in perfect. I was going to say exactly that. <laughs> although, although for a little while after we moved into this house, you know, she'd come downstairs and say, oh, there's another picture hanging up. huh?" <laughs> and so far we haven't gotten divorced. So I think we're OK. Well, that was my ex-wife. She always started counting things. And then we'd go, you know, I know for a fact there were 15 figures on that shelf, you know, two weeks ago, and now there's 17. All right. And what's your point? And, you know, she had to go. <laughs> That's like that, that uh, the cartoon I put on Facebook, too, where it's the husband and wife in, in the car. And he's saying, what a beautiful day. And then she says, you should get rid of your comic books. And then in the next panel, yeah. it goes him driving in the car alone and she's out on the, on the road. And, and he's saying, what a beautiful day. <laughs> exactly. Now, I, I've, I've frequently said that my wife is an enabler. Uh, she, she, when I've come home and said I spent money that I'm like almost sheepishly telling her how much I spent, she doesn't get upset with me. Uh, she encourages me to go out. Sometimes, you know, like uh, if, if there's a, a quiet day, she'll say, oh, maybe you need a trip to the comic book store. <laughs> so I can't I cannot complain. 
And then to me, the the crowning achievement was when we were we went for like a, a couple of days in Connecticut, and there was a comic store that I found, you know, on the phone. So we went over and I picked a couple of books, and she was actually encouraging encouraging me to pick more. But then by the time we got to the car, she had already done a search for another store that was close by. Oh, that's and I say, how many wives would do that? You're a lucky man, my friend. Uh, that's what I say. Of course, my wife bought me the uh, statue of uh, Superman holding up the car, so I, I can't that's complain. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I love that piece. And, you know, seems to me, based upon the episode I heard, that uh, Teresa's becoming, you know, is, is carrying over some fanhood of her own. Which is yeah. Nice. You know, it's we have to push her more into the comics. You know, yeah, it's hard but... to do that. They're, they're, they're more of they're, they're, their age group is more into the, you know, the, the video and, you know, the moving image. The static yeah. image is, is more boring to them. Yeah. Now, if there's any listeners here to the show who are in the, let's say, college age and not too far beyond age group, and you want to uh, take issue with us saying that, by all means, let me know, because I'm curious. I would love to hear from some younger people who say, yeah, you know, I, I get a great kick out of, you know, the comic books and what they're publishing. I mean, there's a handful of them. Because when I, I broached the subject, and yeah, she was like, ah, I don't have time to sit there and read all this. But they have plenty of time to lay in bed and watch TV. On, right. their, on their computers or on their phones. If they came out with a Taylor Swift comic book, you want to see how fast it would be the purchased? <laughs> yeah, my wife was watching something on TV, and they were they were into, talking about uh, kids in the in whatever it is now, Generation Z or whatever, and they had a specific term term for it. But the fact that they can lay in bed all day and read and play on their phone and watch things without ever getting out of bed all day. And it was, a, I don't remember what the terminology they had for it, but they had, you know, like parents and, and a child on and by child, I mean, you know, a kid about 18, 19 years old. And they were debating the merits of that. And the kid was like, yeah, no, I love doing that. I don't, I don't see what the problem is. Whereas if I, I lay know. in bed all day, my back would kill me. I don't know about laying in bed all day, but I could definitely amuse them myself all day oh i could find things to do but you know what even when i uh when i broke my foot and i uh you know i i I had to stay sedentary it's called bed rotting by the way um anyway uh when you know i i was i had to for a while sit with my foot elevated so i wasn't really you know except for like getting up to go to the bathroom and whatever i i wasn't really encouraged in any way to move around uh and as much as i love reading comics and as much as i love watching tv it got a little boring for me because i want to do those things but i also want to be able to get up and you know tinker around the house and you know come up with some projects to do and totally eliminating those from the uh the schedule bothered me i am not a bed rotter uh when i had the knee replacement you know you try and put the positive spin on this 
oh, I'm going to go through all these books. I'm going to catch, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to do a reading project. After a couple of days, you just don't want to do it. Yeah, because you want to, variety is the spice of life. And just, you know, laying and doing one thing all the time is, is you know, tedious. But it says uh, just the definition of bed rotting is uh, staying in bed all day long, not caring what is happening outside in the world at large. We used to call that depressed when I was a kid. Yeah. But... I did catch up on a, a lot of reading on vacation when I went down to Florida. Now, did you guys go anywhere in particular? Because I know you got together with Bill, and I know you got together with Scott. Well, tell, tell me what you know. What adventures did you have? Well, we went to uh, St. Petersburg, Clearwater. I, it's you know on the border, St. Petersburg, Clearwater, and uh, this was supposed. It was a partial beach trip because that's my wife's thing. I don't particularly like the beach. I don't like the sun. I don't like the sand. I'm not a fan of the ocean. You're like Anakin Skywalker. Right. Right. So uh, we got down there on the day before Memorial Day. I spoke to Bill (laughs) and made arrangements to (laughs) go out, you know, see a comic shop. And we went to lunch, Bill and I. And, you know, you have to plan this where it's enough time. That you have, you know, you're able to visit, but not so much time that you're going to get in trouble. Do you know what I'm saying? It's a very difficult balance. It's that balance where, okay, I'm going to let you go run around with your friend, but it can't be that long. <laughs> so we we went to lunch, Bill and I, and then we went to a comic shop. I got myself a copy of uh, the Treasury uh, Superman Peace on Earth. The Alex Ross oh, one. Oh, yeah, I have that. That's a nice one. I originally had that, but I lost custody of it the first time around. But now I have it again. So uh, that was my Monday. Tuesday was the beach day. So I brought loaded up my iPad, and we went off to the beach. And uh, I went through Justice uh, Society, All-Star Comics. And that's how I spent my day. Get up once in a while in the hot sun. It's not my thing. And I'm not we a big went... beach guy. Even even like when we go on vacation and I uh, and I've gone, you know, we when we've gone and you know, I would much rather sit at the pool than the beach. A hundred percent, I agree with you. Listen, we went, we, we stayed at this place. It's called the Trade Winds. It's like, it, it you know, it's a, a resort place, and there's two of them next to each other, and they have all these activity things. And we had a room right by the pool, which in theory sounds like it's it's great. You know what I'm saying? You Except walk when out, you're tired at the end of the day and it's loud still. <laughs> we also had the hot tub right in front of the door to the room. So now you've got people till all hours of the night in this thing. And Doing they can't, Lord knows what. They can't hear one another because it makes a lot of noise. So you've got people shouting all night. I wasn't so thrilled with this. But anyway, mm-hmm. we went. It was okay. And then we drove to Orlando on uh, Wednesday. Right. And, 
and we went met up with Teresa, who's working in the Disney uh, College program. And we spent Wednesday with her. We went out to dinner downtown Disney. The next day, Thursday, we spent by the pool, which is all right. I'd rather do the pool than a beach. Same. So she had to work then uh, Thursday night. She was staying with us, you know, in the resort. And she went off about four o'clock and we went and met Scott and ha- Scott and his wife. And we had, you know, a nice dinner. It was a great time. We had a good visit. We looked around in some of the shops and that was it. Friday, we came home. So, no, but it was sounds a nice enjoyable to me. Change of scenery, but I caught up on a lot of these golden age books I'm reading. I'm reading, you know, chronologically as they've been released. Pretty much every title with a superhero in it. So I started with Detective Number One. I'm up to now, I think it's uh, June of 1941. And it's funny to see the evolution of the stories to, you know, go along with what's going on in the world. Right, yeah, that's definitely, you know, well, you're up to June of of 41? June of 41, so okay, six so months you're, out you're coming, from Pearl Harbor. Well, you got to figure if Pearl Harbor obviously was December, uh, you got to think it may not have hit the actual comic books for a couple of well, months after that. No, no, but this is what I'm saying. The stories is, you know, it's changing into, we it was mostly gangsters and criminals. Now it's fifth columnists and spies and saboteurs you know it's like one story opens up it's about uh sabotage at a factory and on page one there's a guy there who's got you know bright red hair but a little adolf hitler mustache and he's supposed to be an inspector for something it's like Mm -hmm. the first panel you see him and you go oh this is the bad guy Yeah, it, it, I think you're going to definitely see some interesting things in the next few months of reading when you, you know, as you start getting into the war and what's going on with that. I do really like what they did, uh, you know, with I, I'm trying to remember the exact background to it, but with the Spear of Destiny that basically had kept the superheroes from right. interfering in the war effort. See now, but the, was that? I think that's something that comes later. I don't think that was an idea. No, I, I think that came in the seventies, right? As a as a retcon, but I think I I like it from the perspective of yeah, because if the superheroes got involved in the war, it would end right away. Now they also addressed it differently in the invaders, because they you had the the uh, you know the the American heroes. Captain America, Submariner, Human Torch, Toro, Bucky. Uh, And then they had like the Nazi villainous versions of them. So there were superheroes or supervillains on both sides, which would level the playing field. So I've never read any of that. Was that was was that originally published in the 40s or was that later? That was that was a retcon by Roy Thomas in the 70s. But I'm, I'm trying to remember they had a character called Masterman, who was, you know, like a Nazi villain. I guess he was a hero to the Nazis and a villain to us. <laughs> like Captain Nazi. Yeah. And I, I can't even remember who else they had. There, there was a an aquatic guy who, you know, would, would be the foil for Submariner. Uh, I think, you know, I, th- I think he was a rogue at, at Atlantean. 
So the invaders was similar to the concept of the uh, All Star uh, All Star Squadron, right? Yes, and both the brainchilds of Roy Thomas. <laughs> well, Roy if Thomas it ain't broke, famously if it ain't broke, told, don't fix it. Yeah, he famously told a story about how uh, he grew up a comic book fan and he subscribed to All Star Comics. And his first issue was going to be issue 57 and how disappointed he was that between issue 56 and 57, it turned into all-star Western. <laughs> that and would then, have been then when I believe when they did revive all-star comics, I'm pretty sure he was the writer on that. Well, you know, it's funny. The, the, the books I'm reading, I'm reading the whole books. I'm not just reading, you know, the, the superhero story. When they started from detective number one, moving into adding an action and uh, I think it was adventure. Every book had a Western story in it. And by now, 1941, there's no more Westerns in them, which I find mm. interesting. But as we know, they will make a comeback. Yeah, well, the, the Western became popular again in the 50s. I don't know. I'm not sure it's so much in the 40s, though. Well, you would think, you know, the, the war distracted everyone from the West and, you know, spies and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking now. All Star Comics number 58. Uh, I'm trying to open this file so I can see. And then they pick up the numbering in the 70s, right? Because I have everything from when it returned. Yeah, I end. have. Yeah, which was only, I think it went to issue 75, if I remember right. Uh, no, actually, it was written by Jerry Conway, now that I'm looking at it. And I think it may have had a letter from Roy Thomas. Yeah, here. Roy Thomas, in the, in the first issue when they revived in issue 58, he wrote, Dear Editor, it was, it was with considerable pleasure that I learned of the imminent revival of All-Star Comics recommencing with issue number 58. For, precise, for precisely 25 years ago, at the tender age of 10, and as a paid-up member of the Junior Justice Society of America, I finally gathered enough cold cash to purchase a special cut-rate subscription to the JSA's original magazine. Alas, I received but a single issue of All-Star Comics itself, number 57, and then without warning or freedom of choice, 11 issues of something misnamed All-Star Western. Accordingly, by my accounting, National Periodical Publications still owes me 11 issues of All-Star Comics. I hope and trust that you will make good on this earlier commitment, thereby restoring my faith in comic book professionals as men of goodwill. Roy Thomas, New York, New York. And then the comment on that is Roy Thomas was a prominent fan in the early 60s, serving as co-editor and later editor of Alter Ego and besieging National with an endless series of letters pleading for the revival of Justice Society members, both singly and in All-Star. After moving to New York in the mid-60s and after publishing Alter Ego number 10, he disappeared from fan circles and hasn't been heard heard from since. (laughs) That would have been funny if they said, sure, return the 11 issues of All-Star West and, and we'll give you 11 of All-Star, All-Star Comics. That, yeah, that, that probably would have been a good answer. Uh, 
So it's I, I remember, you know, and we've talked about this, that I, I was very enamored with the All Star Society at this or the All Star Society, the Justice Society. <laughs> and and I was totally on board when they revived this as well. I didn't quite have the history that uh that Roy Thomas did. But. It's funny because you know, as a kid in the seventies, I, I found the uh Justice Society fascinating too. That that sucked me in right away. I could still yeah. remember that cover with Batman dead in the coffin. Oh the, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that was, was an adventure, adventure comics. I think that was an adventure comics. The death of the uh, Earth Two Batman. I found that so fascinating. The whole Earth One, Earth Two thing. So did I, and and I, I just long for them to to come up with a way to to you know to still have the Justice Society be viable heroes, but. St- be you know be young enough to be viable heroes but still having been around in world war ii uh which i always say they have to have come through some sort of time warp or something in order for them to do that you mean without without the parallel earths without the parallel earths i know you know i honestly i don't care you can go to the parallel earths again it doesn't see, bother yeah, me see uh yeah no i i take i'm like you i'll take it either way I prefer the parallel earths because then you have two supermen that you can put together. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I enjoyed when, you know, when they, when they, you know, when they did Mr. and Mrs. Superman. Yeah. You know, this, yeah. This, the earth one Superman was, was in the, you know, was in the static continuity, but the earth two Superman, because, you know, he's older and we can play around with it. You know, we could have him get married to Lois Lane and we could have things go on. Now they've since done things like that in the, uh, comics, but things have gotten so convoluted that I haven't followed them. And I've, you know, talked about that so many times about how I don't really follow the current doings unless somebody says to me that something is really good. Uh, I know I was turned off to the Justice Society when they did it in the New 52. And then they kind of had yeah. them as the younger heroes instead of the older heroes. Uh, yeah, I, I bought some of those in the beginning. I was like, this isn't what I want. That was kind of towards the end of my uh, interest in new books. It wasn't long after that that I just kind of said, "Yeah, I'm not. I don't. I don't really care what happens in these new books anymore." And I'm sure well, there's some good stuff, but well, if there is, I haven't seen it. <laughs> not in my Superman. We went know, for almost a year where he wasn't even on Earth. Oh yeah. One of the things for me is, is, you know, because of the era that I grew up in, I am very much a fan of continuity. And I think, you know, things have just expanded to the point where continuity becomes crazy for them to try and have it. And I'm not really a fan of them just rebooting everything and starting it from scratch, but I'm also not a fan of, you know, just saying the heck with it either. So it, it's kind of like a a catch twenty two, really. I don't I don't know what how they could go about it the right way. I don't know if there is a right way. Well, you know, when they first came out with Man of Steel, I wasn't a f- big fan of it because <laughs> I was still stuck in what the Bronze Age. But eventually, I I grew to really like it. 
but we haven't seen anything like that kind of a reboot since. I mean, the yeah. worst to me was the New 52 thing. I slugged through that, but I couldn't stand that. I really tried, honestly. I really tried to to like it. And, and it just, you know, I kept hitting roadblocks in that effort. I mean, some of the other characters were decent. I think Batman was decent. I think Green Lantern was But Superman was terrible. It was just... To me, it was horrible. I'm sure there's somebody out there going, oh, it was fantastic. You're crazy. Well, you know, they always say, you know, what is it? One man's uh, poison is another man's gold or whatever. I don't even know the expression, but something like that. And that's a generational thing. You know, uh, these things were not originally expected that people were going to be 50 years old still still reading them. Mm -hmm. Oh, that reminds me. I have a recommendation. Ooh, let me just get. I gotta look up the title. Vamp for me a moment. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't even know how to vamp. Bill is the best vamper. He'll break into okay. song. I read this book. It is entitled Slugfest, and it's written by a guy named Reed Tucker, and it's the inside epic 50-year battle between Marvel and DC. Slugfest. I highly recommend it. It was a great read. Okay, yeah, I see it in Amazon. But being that I waste so much money buying comic books, I'm going to see if they have it at my library so I can get it for free. You know how you really want to enjoy it? Get the audio version and just download it and listen as you drive back and forth to work. That would work also. Maybe the library has that for me. I can tell you the New York Public Library does. I see that they have the book. I'm not seeing the audio book, unfortunately. We have to look to, to other sources, maybe. Maybe yes. I will have to make a purchase. We'll discuss that off the air. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, right now, I'm listening to uh, a book called Funny Man, and it's uh, a biography of Mel Brooks. Uh, how's that? I bet that's. I'm I'm in I'm on the first disc, so it's you know I have a ways to get through it, uh, but so far it's kind of interesting to hear you know his background. But I would like to hear. I'm really most interested. In getting to the point where he starts making movies. Right. So I'm going to have to get through his early life and then his time, you know, working for your show of shows, his time with Carl Reiner, and then they'll get to the point where he's making movies. And I'm, I'm going to be, you know, very interested in hearing some of the background stories with that. He's one of the few celebrities I would have loved to have met. Because I think he's just as funny in real life. I suspect that he is. Well, he's still with us, is he not? Is he, he yeah, hasn't no, he is he? still with us, but I, I highly I mean, he's, I he's in his him. 90s. But then again, I, I managed to take a picture of uh, take a picture of William Shatner in his 90s. He's 96 years old, Mel Brooks. Wow. He's a, he is hysterical. 
highly recommend all of his work. Even the old, yeah, old stuff is funny. Can't disagree. Didn't he? Uh, didn't and, he do uh, Get Smart too? With Wasn't Buck he Henry. Behind that? Yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, I guess that's one of the first things he did after he left your show of shows. But I, you know, I'm going to find out more as I listen to this book. Oh, I hope you'll report back. <laughs> another, well, you know what? We are planning to do a uh, an Is It Yours on Blazing Saddles. Oh, my God. So, that's so, one of the best movies ever made. So my, my report on, on this book probably will become part of that episode. Uh, I think, you know, I mean, the, the, the popular discussion is that that's a movie you couldn't make today because so many people would be offended by it. And my take on that, and I'm not going to go any further than this because I want to save my thoughts for the episode. But my take on that is when you insult everybody, maybe you're really not insulting anybody. You know what I mean? Like he, he's not singling anybody out to be the people that he's going after in it, uh, in, including his own people, because, you know, he makes fun of the Jewish people in there. So he's, you know, he, he's an equal opportunity offender. He makes fun of, you know, virtually every nationality, every religion, uh, you know, every race, uh, you know, and and it's I find it to be very funny. Uh, and I'm not offended by it, but I'm not as easily offended as some. It's hysterical. He's really he was fantastic. And there, there's definitely some some real backstories to that movie and the making of it and the scripting of it and such. So it'll be what interesting. What makes it for, even better if you're familiar with Westerns. Yes, definitely. Particularly uh, how the West was won. Well, there's, there's, there's a, a few of the Western tropes that are, uh, I don't want to say abused. Yeah, but, that, you know, don't talk about it. Save it for Is It Jaws. Yeah, it's one we're going to get to in the not-too-distant future. So what, what are you, uh, have you seen any comic movies lately? Oh, I have not. It's it's almost like I've kind of lost the interest. I think there is, there is a level of fatigue that's going on with a lot of people with the comic movies, which makes me sad, but. I have to admit to even having my own level of fatigue with some of this. I have more of a fatigue with the TV shows. They started to really feel like they were all the same. Uh, You know, you'd have the hero, you'd have his support group, uh, you know, and and it, it just felt very, very repetitive. And I think a lot of people feel that way about the formulaic superhero movies. Uh, But I haven't, Board of them, but there there have been some that I haven't liked. I, you know, I, I've publicly said I, I thought the Eternals was boring. Uh, I, I've I've had a disagreement with you know we haven't done it on Is It Yours, but I've had a disagreement with some of my friends on uh, Quantum Mania, which I kind of enjoyed. I didn't think it was great, but I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, and they're saying, oh, you know, it was terrible. Uh, I, I'm not seeing terrible. And I'm about to record tomorrow an episode about the uh, Guardians Volume 3. See, I'm behind on all that. I didn't see uh, Quantum Mania. I didn't see Guardians 3. 
I didn't see the last Thor picture either. That's another one that I, you know, I, I, I thought people were too down on it. I thought it was pretty decent. I enjoyed it. It wasn't great, but it was good. I'm, 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 I'm okay with good. I just don't, you know, my, my biggest, my biggest problem is uh, if it's stupid or if it's boring. Those are my problems. And my dog agrees. And the dog agrees. The last movie I saw that I really enjoyed wasn't even a, a, a superhero picture. We went to see that uh, movie they made, Marlowe, with Liam oh, yeah, Neeson. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned that one to me. I haven't seen yeah, that yet. Yeah. Ah, I thought that was great. It was really like an old school type of picture. And I do like the old pictures. <laughs> so <laughs> it's probably up my alley. You know how you know we're old? We refer to the movies as pictures. <laughs> no, nobody today calls them pictures anymore. <laughs> I am looking forward to, well, I was looking forward to seeing the Indiana Jones movie, but now I'm hearing it's terrible. But I think uh, I'm still going to go see it. Yeah, I was looking forward to it more, and I have heard some things that are making me think, I don't know. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to wait for it to come out, and I'll, I'll I'll see what the reviews are. And I'm not, you know, I, I would try and find a spoiler-free review. But if there's some, you know, if there's something that's kind of spoiler-free and it gives you, uh, you know, just an idea of positive or negative, and it's from a reviewer I trust, I think I will uh, take that opinion. I, I, I definitely don't want spoilers though. Yeah. I will see it eventually. The question is, do I see it in the movies or do I wait until it's streaming? Yeah, like I said, I haven't, other than Marlowe, I haven't been to a theater in a long time. Yeah, every once in a while we get, we've mostly, you know, since the pandemic, most of what we've gotten to see have been uh, superhero movies. You know, I, in, in the theater since the pandemic, I saw No Way Home. I saw, saw Wakanda Forever. I didn't see that. I saw... I'm trying to remember. We we just recently saw Guardians. We saw Thor. What was the one right before Thor? I think that might have been Eternals. There was Shang-Chi. Oh, I, I, did, I did not see that in the not movies. Not in the theater. I, I didn't I, care for that one either. I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was really good. It's probably on the bottom half of the Marvel movies for me. But, I, you know, for, for the longest time, I was able to say even the worst Marvel movie is entertaining to me. And for the longest time, that was uh, The Dark World. Uh, and I still kind of liked it. Uh, but, but The Eternals has knocked that off its throne as the one I like the least. And again, I kind of thought it was boring. Yeah, I didn't go see Eternals. So, I find it, you know, when it was the the big guns. To me, Iron Man, even from the beginning, was a big gun. Oh yeah, I found it more uh, appealing. 
Well, now taking I feel Iron Man and Captain second. America out of the equation hurts the integrity of the whole thing because you know Iron Man was the initial backbone of it, and then Captain America kind of took that over as it went further and further, and then they eliminated them both pretty much in Endgame. And I don't see where you're gonna. And you took out the uh, Black Widow as well. And and now they've you know. For better or for worse, they've elected to not recast uh, Black Panther, which I think uh, personally, I think that's a mistake. I think Chadwick Boseman was great. I thought he really did a great job in the role, and I and I totally understand the respect that they're showing to him. But you know, I, I just kind of feel like you you let some time go by and you recast the role. I don't think it's necessarily yeah. disrespectful to him to do that. I think you do have to let some time go by because I don't think the fans are always ready immediately to accept somebody new. But rather than kill off the character, which is what they have done, spoilers, by the way, you know, in Wakanda Forever, they say he's dead. Now, comic book dead and dead aren't always the same thing. You know, you can't even do the, you know, no body, no death, because there's been times in comic books where we've seen the body and they still come back. Really? <laughs> so so I mean I guess you can always rewrite it or you know change it and I I would be again you know we talked about continuity in the comics I would be more of a fan if they uh if they tried to uh you know keep the uh keep the continuity rather than okay we're going to get eventually get to the point where we reboot it I don't want to reboot it well, I'll tell you, I'm actually curious about this uh, flash picture. I find the trailers interesting. Yeah, I usually avoid trailers, especially if it's a movie that I know I'm going to see at some point. And while I'm not so certain I'm going to go to the theater to see Flash, I know I'm going to see it eventually, uh, you know, at home. But when we went to see uh, Guardians, they had the trailer there. So, you know, it's kind of unavoidable when you're in the theater and they show it. Uh, and it does look cool. I mean, it, it looks very, very similar in many ways to No Way Home. Yes. Yeah. With the multiple versions, you know, uh, colliding with each other and converging uh, and where they, you know, where they may or may not go with that. But, you know, that, that's cool. And you're doing it with, you know, different characters. I'd love to see Michael Keaton as Batman again. Uh, Who ever thought do... they were going to see that again? I would love to see them do Batman Beyond and make him Bruce Wayne in it. He'd be perfect in that. So, what else we got coming out? So we got the Flash coming out soon. Uh, Marvels, which I have no idea what to expect quality-wise on that. Uh, I certainly don't have expectations that it's going to be great, but I do always what give Marvel some better. What is that even based on? Time. Captain Marvel? Is that what it's, it's, it's based it's on? It's Captain Marvel, and then it's the was it Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel, and then it's got the, uh, let's say, Monica Rambeau, who was Captain Marvel or Photon or whatever other names she went by. Uh, and I'm, I'm really not sure what to expect again from it. But, you know, I keep an, I keep an open mind. I'll wait and see. It may come out and be great. It may come out and be, you know, just <laughs> nothing special at all. I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I I'm enjoyed not, the first Captain Marvel movie. 
I thought it was okay. Uh, I didn't think it was I great. It was... I thought it was okay. But my standards are that if, if it's an enjoyable viewing, that's good enough. It doesn't have to be the best movie ever. I just have to enjoy the time I watched it. Definitely. You know? All right, I think we've pontificated long enough. We did about an hour of just non sequiturs. Uh, so I think I'm going to call it a night and uh, say I hope I hope the people enjoyed us just shooting the breeze for an hour. And uh, thanks, Dave, for doing it with me. And thank you for everybody who's listening. Always a pleasure, my friend. The pleasure is mine. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week.